Hey there, this is Emily. And this is Rosa. Welcome to the Unchecked Podcast. We are two women from two different countries who will talk about living life in their late 20s. Hey everyone, welcome back to our latest episode. So to continue um, the 36 questions that lead to love, we're actually going to go and jump right into part two. For those of you who haven't listened to that last episode, we encourage you to actually start off with that episode so we can pick off into set number two. All right, we're just going to jump right into it. So our first question is, if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, and anything else, what would you want to know? Rose, the star is off. What would I like to know? I think, first of all, it's more of a political sense. Like, I imagine in 10 years, I would like to know what is going to be the political landscape. Do you, um, I don't know if you're aware of all the things that are going on, especially in my home country, Peru and Chile, Bolivia. And it is a very important time for us in Latin America. And I think everywhere in the world, the people are waking up. So I just would like to see what's going to happen in the future and see how what is happening today is going to affect us. I'm really hopeful. I think that people have woken up, but you never know. So that's, I think, what I would ask. Yeah, Rosa, I recently heard about those the current news and what's happening in Peru. I'm sorry to hear it. Um, but I feel like for me, I'm always worried about this question because to be honest, I don't think I really want to know anything about my future because it's in a way would affect my decisions and what I'm going to do now. So I actually would not take the crystal ball actually and just figure it out on my own. There's always danger in those things because now you're, especially if its future is bleak or is very negative, it's going to affect the mindset of that for the rest of your life until you reach that pinnacle moment. I definitely agree. That's why I said something along the lines of like people but not, me because i really think in the prophecy and i mean i watch and read game of thrones and i really think prophecy is gonna ruin like you said your life and Mm -hmm. the outcomes of it because Mm -hmm. you're always you know have that in mind and it really like changes everything that you think right yeah you're really kind of looking out for it yeah 100 percent so on the next question is there something that you dream of doing for a long time why haven't you done it Wow. You know, I really should prepare for these questions before we go through the session. So they are dreamed of doing, ooh, I actually want to go paragliding. I think that's so fun and so cool. And obviously it's an extreme s- sport, but just the thrill of going out and doing something and not really knowing what to expect. I haven't done it because I'm one, terrified of heights. And number two, I've heard and read so many stories about paragliding deaths so it's one of those things where it's like, if I'm going to not die tomorrow, sure, I'll go for it. But if I want to save my life, I don't know how willing I am to go to this type of extreme sport. I think those are one of those type of things that you do, but you don't read about it and you just do it. I've done it. I did it in Rio de Janeiro in Paris, in Brazil. Oh my gosh. And it was amazing. Yeah. It was an amazing experience. So I definitely, definitely, definitely recommend it. And yeah. I would say that when you come to visit me in Peru, we just, we should definitely do it. So we'll make that happen, Emily. For some reason, I don't mind skydiving, but I'm always scared of paragliding because I feel like paragliding, the wind is a huge factor. And then like yes. you could be like near a cliff and literally just die on, on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> 
I mean, I think the scariest part of Peregrine is that you need to like kind of like run into it and jump off. Mm. And it's kind of like you are going against your own, you know, like like you need to run into the the abyss and jump. So that's kind of serious. Ah. <laughs> But it's fun. I I'll definitely recommend it to our listeners. And then as far as the question goes for me, um actually the quarantine has given me time to start doing what I wanted to do and that is to write a book. So I've been writing. Um uh, it has it's not finished yet. I think it's more like a therapy for me at this point. I don't know if I'm ever going to publish it or anything because you know self-publishing is so easy. But yeah, I think before I didn't have time and it's also like I think writing is so personal for me that I needed to have Uh, time to kind of digest uh, what I was going to write about and how I was going to break down everything. So having the time and also the mental space and not having to deal with so many people every day has helped me to work on what I wanted to do. Wow, author Rosa. I'm so excited to read this book once it's finally published. Thank you. Future <laughs> Hemingway coming through, but like now misogynistic. <laughs> All right. Next question. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? Damn, I should have also planned for this. What is the greatest accomplishment of my life? Okay, I know this is going to sound really crazy, but I think it's living my my life my way. Mm. So I always have kind of gone off out of the beaten path and do done everything I ever wanted. Like, not on my own, because obviously you need help, but like, I, I, I've never been afraid to like, for example, move to another country and like start from zero. I think I got that from my parents uh, when I I was in the, uh, from Florida because, you know, I'm originally from Miami. I moved to New York and I was there for a couple of years and it was amazing. And then I always wanted to live in Europe. So that's why I decided to do my master's in France. And now I'm here and actually I might even become French and actually like kind of seeing how that's going to happen. It wouldn't be hard, but... You know, I'm trying to see if I something that I want to do, if I want to stay here forever or, you know, where would the wind take me next? And I think that I kind of I think that's my biggest accomplishment thus far that I have like kind of gone and done everything that I wanted thus far. And I've been very lucky. And I think that obviously this this is also very privileged because I had a lot of help. But I would say that I that kind of like have the courage to face my fears that's amazing rosa um while you were speaking i was thinking about how to answer this i think for me the greatest accomplishment i've ever had was making that switch to new industry i was going through a, against a lot of factors like mm-hmm. monetary you know qualifications thinking that i felt like an imposter like what am i to just suddenly jump and not do this and leave for another industry. So I think like for me, making that jump, going through the six months of just kind of honestly mental torture, which I've mentioned before in a previous episode, and then coming out of that, like I would say a new person. Like I have a structured routine now in my everyday. Like I feel good about the work. I feel really passionate about it. And then knowing that those six months, even though it was a trying period, it was a good thing it happened because it's better that this happened to me then two years ago than when I'm 40 or 50 and regretting all the things I've done so far or regretting my day to day because I didn't make that job. 
So I think mentally and also in terms of professional level, that was really a great accomplishment that I consider on my end. Yeah, you totally reinvented yourself. Yeah. And that takes guts. So you should definitely be proud of yourself. Thank you. So moving on to your next question, what do you value most in a friendship? This is hilarious. It's not related. It's a little bit related to a friendship, but also I retook the love languages quiz, by the way. And previously, my first love language was physical touch. But now it's quality time, which is like 40%. Mine too. Yeah. So I think... I mean, I feel like love language can apply not only to like your partner, but actually to friendship. And so I, that, that's number one for me, being able to actually like be in the moment and spend time with me. So I don't know if I told any of my listeners, but the number one pet peeve I have with any human interaction is if I'm sitting next to you or I'm sitting across from you at a table, you better not be looking at your goddamn phone. <laughs> like you should be present in the moment with me and we're having a conversation because if you're on your phone, then like what? Like, what's the point of meeting one-on-one? Number two, one thing too, is as well as like consistency and knowing that they are someone you can rely on. They're a listen. I know this is like talking about the perfect person, but someone that can listen instead of complain to you, right? And someone you know you can always rely on if you need help or support. Yeah, that's the Leo talking. Pay attention to me always. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm uh, I, a lot of my friends say I'm a good listener. So Rosa, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I, I would definitely agree that you are. But I was just, I know I had to tease you, you know. <laughs> but I mean, for me, I think definitely it will be loyalty. I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really I really feel that a person that is friend to everyone cannot be friend to actually. Mm-hmm. A, someone that is friends with everyone is not actually a real friend. Yeah. I really think that like, I'm very like ride or die in my relationships with people i'm all in and i really um like try to stay away from people that kind of are not like a hundred percent genuine and i think that's the other thing like being loyal and being your true self because Mm i feel like a lot of people have two faces and it's not necessary like we're adults you know you can tell me and you know you can tell me how it is and i will take it i'm a big girl so i think that will be those two those things like being loyal and being real next question what is your most treasured memory (sighs) that is hard that is really hard to say i have so many but i would say with my family it would be um christmases that i spent in peru with my family were always amazing it was just um i mean we're very loving and we did so many fun things together the trips to Isla Morada that I used to take with my my brother, my mom, and my dad, and sometimes my grandma when she would come visit. And mm-hmm. more on a personal journey when I decided to just go to Machu Picchu by myself. Obviously, I wasn't alone. I was with a guided tour, but I didn't know anyone. And then I became friends with all these people from Australia and England and Peru too. And it was amazing. Awesome. Like walk for four freaking days. And then mm-hmm. when I got there, I was like... A mixture of all the coca leaves that I chew and like <laughs> hydration, but it just felt like oof, it was like the biggest high of my life, you know, literally. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rosa. <laughs> I would say for me, I mean, if we're, I guess we're we'll doing travel and personal. My treasured personal memories, I can't think of one specific one, but there are always moments when I spend time with family and my grandma. So, 
I might have mentioned this to my listeners, but like sometimes we would play mahjong. So it would be like my grandma one side, my mom and dad the other. So that's like a perfect four player activity. Um, actually, I also remember I used to play Uno with my grandma. So when her um, condition was actually getting worse before she passed away, I like it just go engaging like mahjong or Uno is actually really good for just her mental kind of like exercise. So I, I remember playing a lot of Uno with her and that was like really fun. Uh, in terms of travel, my most treasured memory would be traveling to Hong Kong. So I studied abroad there for six months. And it was just such a great experience because I was like in a new country, kind of had to like learn the local language. Obviously, my parents are from Hong Kong. So it wasn't that hard. But basically, like living in another country for six months and navigating to it uh, was really cool. And again, I would like to say like, from a position of privilege, I was able to do that, but I was able to meet so many good friends and gain so much knowledge along the way. Okay, so on the other side of the coin, what is your most terrible memory? Oh, man. <laughs> I was not looking forward to this question. Let's just say um, I've always had kind of a troubled relationship with one of my aunts. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons I don't gamble. She was a major gambler and she lives with my grandma. So unfortunately, I also think like when she was younger too, she had um, mental issues, but they were never addressed, obviously, because like we were in an Asian household and I don't think any of my you know family diagnosed it as such. And so I think it, it really catapulted to how she was now. And I remember one time, you know, my grandmother was already sick at that time. And then my, at one moment, my aunt blamed my mom for not taking care of my grandma enough. And I was like, oh, you can, you can fuck with me, but you cannot fuck with my mom. And so I think that was when I like, I literally blacked out yelling at her for 20 minutes straight. Like, I didn't even remember what I said, but I remember getting out of that conversation and my entire body was shaking because I was so angry at her and what she did. Um, we're in okay terms now, but I think that's just like a bad memory for me because I, I didn't want to see, have my grandma see it, but she unfortunately was there and yeah, just reeling from that. Um, th that was something like I didn't really want to tap back into, but that, that's my most terrible memory. I would say. I think my most terrible memory will be when my parents moved, uh, move us from Peru to me, to the United States, because I knew that my family was never going to be whole, like all of my life, I had all these people, you know, around me. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, it was just our nuclear family in Miami. So it just felt so, like, we just felt really alone. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that would be my most terrible memory. Like, life would never be the same. Yeah. Well, that comes to our next question. If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything the way you are living now and why? I'm, um, I needed to take a pause because I really do not know if I would change much. I mean, first of all, let's say if COVID wasn't a thing because since COVID is a thing, I, I don't think I can change anything, you know? I think... Um, but yeah. if COVID wasn't a thing, I would definitely spend six months just visiting all my family and seeing my friends and then the last six mm -hmm. months i would just go spend it somewhere like traveling and finding new places yeah damn it this is hard too i would do the same thing 
like yeah six months dedicated to friends or family and then travel i i wonder if i would flip that around actually so that my memories with my friends and family would be last versus like i did all my travel and had these all these experiences and now i could like die in a good place because i i know i i checked everything off the box Okay, so moving on. What does friendship mean to you? I think it's very similar to the question about what do you most value in a friendship. For me, because I'm an only child, honestly, friendship means family. <laughs> um, I, Similar to you, Rosa, I value quality over quantity of friends. And I, I feel like if I'm a friend to you and you're a friend to me, like you mean a lot to me. And I would listen to you. I would check in with you and make sure you're okay. And... To, to be honest, I think there have been moments where like I get so passionate about friendship because like, let's say me and my friend are not in good terms. I, I really try as much as I can to to mend it. But yeah, because they're family to me. So I think that's that's how I would answer that question. I definitely agree. I think French, friends are the family that you make for yourself, mm-hmm. especially for me that I have always traveled and been somewhere far away from my family kind of my friends have been a, a kind of lifeline for having someone to rely on and, you know, someone that I can depend. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in Grenoble, I actually came back to from Miami from vacation and I didn't even have a place to stay. So I just stayed with all of my friends, mm-hmm. like on a place because, yeah. you know, I live on the edge. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, like, <laughs> so yeah, like, they're they're really like i i've been very lucky in life that i have found really amazing people that have always have helped me and i'm always like grateful when my friends come and ask me if they need anything and unable mm-hmm. to to them because i always uh, value the trust that they put on me to to for example have someone to bend to or keep a secret or help them with something mm-hmm. so yeah I would say like I'm lucky enough to never have had like what a lot of people call like toxic relationships with people. Like I think I just actively avoid it. Oh, that's so good. Like honestly, like I don't think I ever had like a really bad toxic relationship for a very long time. I think mm-hmm. I was very good at like because like the thing is this, like I feel like toxic is just incomparability. Mm. So it's not that the other person is a bad person. It's just that you guys don't mesh, mm. right? Like we say in Pisces world, the vibes are off. So I think that's important that if you find someone that, you know, you're kind of butting your head too much, it's not, it's not nobody's fault. It's just like, you guys are not like, you, you guys do not go together. So that's fine. Like, so I always have kind of like stay away from those people and just like, you know, slowly just, you know, take Face them out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, next question, similar to friendship, but not really. What roles do love and affection play in your life? I'm a sucker for love, man. I was just talking to one of my friends, Yiting, and we were talking about that. Like, I feel like I'm a hopeless romantic. Like, I really am, you know? Like, sometimes, like, I mean, I read all these things, especially I spend too much time on Reddit, and I just read all these things that happen to people, and I'm just like, wow, like, we need more empathy and love in the world right Mm -hmm. but i feel like i'm an idealist and i hope against all hope right and so i really feel like love is everything in life um now because the question is kind of like it makes me feel like it's like for a partner but love you you know it's like about your parents your friends your parents your mom like 
your your pets, everything, you know? If you treat things with love, they're gonna last. Oh yeah, I agree with you. There's this episode in Crash Landing on You <laughs> where the main character basically Girl. speaks to his plants to give it love, like six statements. It's like the, the one that the, the female character gave him. But I, I do that sometimes with my plants. <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> um, yeah, I think same here. I think for me, I'm a Leo. So with Leos, I'm very loyal uh, to my friends and family. That's one thing. It, love encompasses everything I do in life. I like, yeah, I just like to give love in different ways. Well, one with like quality time is number one. And I think two is like affection or physical touch. Yeah, I don't know how else to answer this question, but yeah, it's a huge part of my life, and I I can't imagine a world where I'm possibly devoid of love. If that makes sense. Yes, I definitely think I totally make sense. Actually, like I'm reading this amazing book called um, "The Three Body Problem" by Sin Sin Liu. Oh yes, I've heard about that. Is it good? Oh, it's freaking amazing! Like I have absorbed this book. And, like, I have learned so much about physics and also, like, you know, I'm obsessed with, like, Chinese history, too. So mm -hmm. I, I went back and, like, read up on, like, you know, who are these amazing people? Um, and, like, you know, who's Wen Ji and, like, the poet Haimo. And it's amazing. But, I like, I don't want to give it away, but I just want to say that a lot of things, like, people do when people do bad things in the world is because they're coming from a place of of hurt that mm -hmm. they feel like they lack love they don't have they feel lonely and they feel hopeless right so i they feel like it's very important to keep love alive even if there's no one around you just love yourself you know yeah yeah that's so true all right we have two more questions left so let me start off with the second to last question how close and warm is your family? And do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? So, yeah, my family is, uh, I'm very, very close to my family from my mom's side. Um, we pretty much all, I grew up with them. Like, we all lived in this big uh, building and each of us had, uh, each family had a one, like, apartment, like, one floor apartment, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, like, my grandma lived on the second floor and then, like, one of my aunts lived on the first one and then the other one lived on the second one too and my mom lived on the third and like you know like each of us have our own space like with our own little family so it was like everyone living together so I really get a lot of my community um, living from there and so my childhood was freaking amazing like had so much fun like my families were my family was privileged both my parents went to college and so they had really good jobs and they they provided us with like all the games in the world you know like i remember when i moved to the united states like i was i became friends with all these kids because i have watched dragon ball c before <sighs> so i already knew what everything was gonna happen so i was telling them all these things you know wow. <laughs> and it's crazy because sometimes i say things about growing up and like a lot of my some of my friends grew up without cable you know yeah so like i took a lot of things for granted that i had you know like i grew up with computers like i like i had a computer like all of my life my dad back in peru had a computer business like his family mm -hmm. and so i always had all these things that like back 
you know, I grew up playing like games in the computer that I guess most people didn't even have access to. So I was very privileged growing up. So and and also I think my parents really were hard on like keeping our innocence of the world because mm-hmm. growing up in Peru wasn't easy. But I think my parents really tried to like shelter us from everything that was going on around us. So we didn't really know <laughs> what was going on. So yeah, I I think it was pretty amazing. Like we did a lot of things. My dad was always into the outdoors. I was part of the Boy Scouts with my brother and my cousin. So we had a lot of fun, like spurring and like camping and fishing and doing all these things. Like I, I love like, for example, like I love basketball and my dad would like take me to, to like, you know, practice the sport on the weekends. Um, So my parents really like put a lot of effort on us and like, really like put in the work I think because I feel like it's really hard to have a child that's why I don't even think I will because <laughs> it's just like so much freaking work you know that's hilarious oh my gosh I would say I'm like very similar to your experiences um yeah I would say my parents worked really hard um they had their own business when I was growing up but they, I guess they were they shielded me from a lot of things in a way as in like money wasn't ever an issue or they never perceived it to be. Um, and I I have a large family actually. So my dad's side, they're all in Hong Kong, but I have six other uh, aunts and uncles from that side. And then my mom's side, I, my mom actually has six other sisters. So it's like 14 aunts and uncles together. But ironically, um, because my dad's side of the family is in Hong Kong and then my mom's side were actually pretty spread across like the west and east coast I'm only really close to one or two cousins that are like older than me so when I think about family or immediate family it's me my parents and you know my my grandmother who passed away um, but I just remember that I, I was very close to them uh, we would always you know play Monopoly or spend time together in the weekends and I don't know if I told my listeners this but like we've went to Disney at least like eight times <laughs> between like when I was young to now. Um, so it was always, always a really family activity. And like, even now we would like hang out uh, with each other on the weekends and go out. Like, I mean, I'm at home, but I feel like I, I'm not, I feel like a lot of Asian, hmm, Asian American uh, friends that I have, like, I, like, I don't see that type of dynamic between them or they're I, I tell them of all these things I do with my dad and they're like, Oh, I would never like do that with my dad. Like he's, he's a father that I respect X, Y, Z versus I'm just like joking with my dad and sometimes hit him. Um, so I would say like, I'm very happy in that way that like I got to kind of experience like the more American side of my relationship with my parents. That is to say though, I don't share all my secrets with them, but I would say I'm, I'm glad that I have that relationship with them. So on that note, how do you feel about your relationship with your mother? This is like such a random question. I'm I'm curious. I, I'm just like looking at that, the rest of the list to see if there's like one to ask about their father. But no, it's just a mom question. Um, it's interesting because I feel like my mom has all the qualities that are opposite of me. Um, she's like a little bit passive. She's okay with like doing the routine. And I think the worst part, uh, about it is that she's also really indecisive which is for me like I'm a very decisive person it's either like go with this or go with that and I think at times that really frustrates me but I think like uh, my mom is just she's a great mom because like she lets me do what I want 
um she's not too naggy in that way she really takes care of me in like the physical sense but i think with things such as like relationship advice or work advice or things like that i those were things i just had to navigate on my own or figure out with my friends um so i would say like in the aspect of like taking care of someone she's a great mom but i like i know for other needs it's something i know i have to like reach out to other people too in when i was younger i think like i saw my mom as a mom right if this makes sense but when i'm older now i see my parents and my mom specifically as humans as in they're never going to be perfect and it's like you have to figure out what you can give in that relationship with this other human that you're you know you're with um and, and like see you see the flaws in them right but you also kind of learn to work with the flaws and, and figure out how you can continue building that relationship with that person so yeah she's a great mom yeah, definitely. I think that one of the signs of growing up is when you see your parents for who they are, like, as people. Because yeah. I think when you are a child, you see them as a superhero. Yeah. I had a very interesting relationship with my mom. Like, she was, like, my biggest antagonist, I would say, for a very long time. That's how <sighs> I felt her. I always wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. And I felt like she was, like, a roadblock for that. Mm-hmm. So... It was very interesting growing up like with her because I'm very different than her. My my personality could not be more different. And so we bought a heads a lot, especially when I was in high school and even in college. Uh, but then she really helped me a lot to like, um, she was all love always. I mean, she's always been tough love, but at the same time, she was always there for me. Like even when like, you know, being my stubborn self i would like hit my head against the wall like she would see me do that and instead of telling me oh i told you so she would just (sighs) you know just help me so i really appreciated her for that and then little by little i think like we kind of became friends and i mean now she's like she spent like six months with me and it was Mm. fun we didn't kill each other which I thought we would because, I mean, we are very different and we're both very stubborn women. And when I tell you I want to do what I want to do, I do, you know? Like, I moved, like, to another freaking continent to be do whatever the hell I want to do, you know? I love my independence. Yeah. It's so funny, Rosa. I feel like if you think about it, you probably have a lot more in common with your mom than you think. Or she was probably, like, like you when she was younger. That's usually how it goes. I think so, but actually, no. My mom is more, uh, like, community-based. Like, she really likes to her fam- like to keep to her family and stuff like that. Like, I think that we have a lot of things in common, but I don't think, like, personality-wise, we never see eye-to-eye. Like, we have, even now, like, we actually have work allowed to our communication problems because I feel like there's a lot of difference between the things that you say and the things that the person hears, yeah. right? Yep. And sometimes, like, I would say things and then she would react a certain way or the other way around. And mm-hmm. I, we just didn't speak the same language for so long, you know? We just, like, she would like she would not get me and I would not get her. So now we are both coming from a point of not reacting to each other, but more, like, trying to listen to each other. So now it's better. Mm-hmm. Like I would say now, like we're super tight, and I call her a lot, and we hang out and we do things. But before it wasn't like that, and I think it's very interesting that they asked this question because once again in this book that I'm reading, one of the parts was about like it was very tiny, but about like how would you like one of these detectives talks talks about like 
oh, he makes, makes a comment like, oh, this type of girls always have mommy problems, right? And I think actually like daddy issues or mom issues is actually mm-hmm. like a very important um, thing to talk about. I mean, you talk about it with your therapist, but since this is a list about getting to know someone, you know, mm-hmm. it's actually like, oh, let me know what you, what, what skeletons you have in your closet kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, so on that note, we went through our second set of questions. So that in total was around, let's see, 24 minus 13, 11 questions for today. Um, and it, it's still interesting because, yeah, I think it, me and Rosa just went really one step further into talking about our lives in relation to love and friendship um, and a lot, of, a lot about family as well. So if anyone... Um, actually has these conversations with their partners, their family, or their loved ones, feel free to drop a note to us and see and let us know how it went. Otherwise, um, we'll see you on the next episode and we'll make sure to cover set three as well in a future episode on Unchecked. See you soon. Bye. Bye.